This is Bail Street, Crime, Finance, and Everything in Between. Hosted by Ira Jettelson, bail bondsman to the stars, and Danny Moses of The Big Short fame, this is Bail Street. Welcome back to Bail Street. I'm Danny Moses. I'm Ira Jettelson. We have a great artist and performer and rapper, designer on our show right now, fresh off a performance in Orlando, Florida, in the airport, about to return back to the home, I hope, in Brooklyn. Heck yeah, heck yeah. I'm going my way back to New York City. What's up, y'all? The man, Big I'm Apple. I'm on my way back to New York City. Orlando, Florida was nice. It was amazing. It was crazy. It was, you know, we were out here for the classics, for them the Florida classics, and it was lit, man. Everybody brought their nice whips out and shit. Did you play your new music that just came out down there? Heck yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. Definitely overseas is out, bro. And they was, we was in the clubs all night. So we were just playing it all around the city. Everybody's enjoying it. They love it. They're running it up. And they're making their challenges, too. You know what I'm saying? I got people doing freestyles. I got girls twerking. I got <laughs> twerking. dancing. I got everybody. You know, I got a whole challenge going on. Yes, a whole challenge going on. Freestyling on top of the beat. And then I got, you know, nice surprises for, you know, for the winners at the end, you know. So I just can't wait to announce the winners and everything. So what is the prize? It's going crazy to stay tuned. What is the prize? The one, one of the surprises is the first free, you get a free feature. And then the next surprise is that you get the, you know, the, oh, we, um, we, I'm going to put an over, um, overseas remix but in the same first prize you get an overseas trip so in the first prize you get a first free feature and then you get an overseas trip and then the next prize is i'm picking five to four people that did the best challenges to put them on the big freestyle i mean the big overseas remix for me and punk ira can uh, twerk so yeah he... I, could, I could twerk besides being a bondsman i could twerk, I that he could twerk. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna guess that i'm gonna guess that uh charlemagne the god and DJ Envy are not going to be entering the contest at this point, or do you think they have a shot to win that thing? Oh, no, no, no. You know, I don't want to even make that kind of thing with a joke, you know what I'm saying? Just, All right. You know, if, yeah. you know, heck yeah, bro. Now, Designer, I understand that uh, you knew Kim Porter, correct? Yeah, um, yes, heck yeah. I didn't know of her. I didn't know her um, physically, you know, met her, but I know, you know, our son, me and our son is definitely close friends. We party, man. We've been in studios together, been kicking it out, you know what I'm saying? Great lunches, great and all that, you know what I'm saying? So, just to hear about that situation, you feel me? Like, I was just in the club with, you know, Ken Combs, with, um, with Christian, before everything happened. So. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame. It's a shame. People really loved her. And, you know, obviously she has a mother of twins. And uh, uh, I, I know uh, Sean from way, way back, you know, Puffy, going back to his days out of Mount Vernon. So I know he's broken up about it. Heck yeah, bro. That's devastating, man. No funny, man. It, it definitely put a vibe, uh, uh, emotion in the air, man. You know what I'm saying? That's somebody's mom. I know. I have friends that lost mothers, and you know what I'm saying? I don't wish that on anybody, you know what I'm saying? Can we real quick, you know, staying on that topic, just kind of being uh, real for the moment, you were shot when you were 14, and that led you into your music career, correct? The kind of what, what made you focus on music at that point? Is that accurate? Yeah, definitely, definitely. That made me want to really, like, stay in tune. You know, I was always doing music, but that at that moment, man, I was just trying everything. I was trying to, you know be in the streets, I was trying to build a name for myself, you know what I'm saying? And then it was like, yo, I'm going to stick doing my music, you know what I'm saying? And it's make my money doing my music, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to do that. I ain't going to be out here trying to die, you know, losing my life and don't get nowhere, you know what I'm saying? Trying to be somebody that I don't have to be, you know what I'm saying? And I know if I, could, if I had to be that person, I would have to, you know? But, you know, in God's way, you know, just keep it moving, man. Be positive and just, you know, just, just move on the right path, you know what I'm saying? So definitely at 14, I definitely woke up around that. Music was in your family too. I guess your grandfather was a uh, in the music industry, right? He was a musician. 
Is that yeah. right? And heck he was, yeah, heck yeah. yeah. Warren, man, get to crushing, man. Shout out my grandpa, man. Definitely, man. My, he was in the blues, man. He wrote for a lot of a lot of legends that we, you know, we listen to today that we praise today. James Brown, um, he helped write with Elvis Presley. A lot of people, like, you know, and Isley Brothers and things like that. So, Warren, he's definitely an influence in my family. And just, like, you know, I was passionate that, you know, if, you know, my grandfather made it. I knew I had a little bit of his juice in me. You know what I'm saying? So I knew I was going to be able to do what I think, too. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's cool. Absolutely. Designer, we had on uh, uh, Casanova a couple weeks back. Uh, you guys are, uh, are friendly, correct? Oh, uh, yeah. That's my boy. Again, man, we came up in these clubs together, man. I remember days he was throwing, giving me the bag, man, helping me throw the money on the strippers and all that. You know what I'm saying? Was, that's my boy, man, all day. And money... He was on, and he and he talked about when he was in Rikers. You know, obviously, uh, some tough times for him in there because he was in solitary. And uh, you know, one of the things that uh, myself and Danny we talk about a lot is is bail reform and prison reform. And and uh, obviously, did you, did you do a little time inside? Oh no, never, never have I, never have I. Thank God willing, you know what I'm saying. But I got a couple homies that definitely, you know, um, are behind bars, and you know what I'm saying, or you know, was definitely, um, uh, you know, going in, you know what I'm saying. No, you've always been there for your friends. You've always been there for your friends. I've never been to Rikers, bro. Right. Thank God. <laughs> Keep it that way, yeah. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, thank God willing. Thank you, bro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Designer, it's John here. Hey, you were at Brookdale Hospital a few days ago uh, giving yeah, giving some kids, of them. Yeah, worried, man. They, that be, you know, keeping the kids right, man. You know what I'm saying? Just keeping the kids, you know, focused and wanting to tell them that they could do it, man. I was letting them hold the jewelry and all that. You That's probably nice. You probably a couple pictures on my grand. A couple of the little homies, you know, in jury and all that. But that was just letting them know that, you know, from a young, because I feel that, you know, where we came from, we didn't see a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, at times when you, you know, grow up and you want certain things, kids can do the wildest things because they think it's not normal to get, you know what I'm saying? But when they see things and you see things multiple times and it's in your face, you become more normal to it. So I just wanted to give them that vibe, you know, and I felt like I need to, you know, be more around the young youth that's, you know, coming out of my community and things to make them feel like, it's not hard to get it. You don't have to be a drug dealer. You don't have to be, you know, like the wrong way. You don't have to take the wrong route. You can take some of this legal money and you can go the right way and do whatever you feel like you have to do. Not even have to be an artist, you know? I, I, we That's agree, amazing. man. Coming up from the streets, guys like you who are showing people the right direction. Hey, listen, speaking of that, obviously I don't know what you feel about this. And, you know, I've been getting calls. But, you know, Takashi got arrested today and he's in some serious trouble. Oh, man. Yeah, I heard about it. I see it all over the, um, Instagram. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's a situation that I don't think nobody should be in, you know what I'm saying, definitely incarcerated, you know what I'm saying, stopping them from making this money. You know what I'm saying? I don't think nobody should be in a situation like that. Man. I, I know. I know. And, and, and it's it's now a federal situation with the state. Obviously, he was able to get out of it with probation and obviously doing some community service. But now there's some serious stuff hitting him here in New York. And being an artist that he is, and obviously you being a fellow artist, it must hit home. Yeah, you feel what I'm saying? Word, definitely, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like even with the Bobby Schmurter incident, like, when that happened, you know what I'm saying? Like, that definitely hit home. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody was like, yo, like, I can't believe it. You feel me? Like, you were such in a good path. You know what I'm saying? And then certain some things happened like that. But it's like, I just pray for the best situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just hope, you know, for his family, for his daughter, for his, you know, his baby moms, his moms and everything for the best. You know what I'm saying? That they just keep their heads up. And hopefully he'll be home soon, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, you know, it's funny that you talk about Bobby Schmurter because I was uh, dealing with Bobby for a while trying to make that happen and try to get him out on bail. We had some difficulties, and uh, I dealt with his mom, and, and uh, I, d- I actually bailed out his brother. And Bobby, Bobby's doing real well, and, you know, he's, he's up for early release. I think, I'm not sure, I think it's either, uh, he's about 16 months short. So hopefully he'll get home and start, you know, getting right back into, uh, 
you know, getting back into the studio and doing something special. Word, you feel what I'm saying? Heck yeah, man. Definitely, man. That's the move. That's the moment everybody waiting for. You feel what I'm saying? Word, no cap, man. I agree. I agree, man. The same thing when I, you know, when Ja came home and also Fat Joe. You did. Before we let you go, designer, give us uh, your top five artists out there today. Who do who? Hey, hey man. Look, look, right now, look. I can tell you a couple artists. No funny, but it's designer season. You dig what I'm saying? <laughs> it is designer season <laughs> with two eyes. Yeah, word with two eyes. Word. Oh, dang, word. It's designer season. So, no funny, man. It's about to be lit. I can't wait for y'all to hear my new music. I can't promote no new artists on my thing right now. It's straight up designer season, you dig? But I do got love for everybody out there. They know I'm loving them. Very cool. Designer, have a safe trip hey, back. Designer, I hope be safe. You're going to get a cocktail in that seat 1C, or what What are you going to do on the way back? You're going to relax? Oh, man, you think I'm saying, man, you know what time it is? I'm going to turn up, man. So I'll probably um, um, clean my toenails, man. I'll probably clean my toenails. <laughs> <up, man. laughs> All right, man. Well, put that coat on for when you come back from Orlando. Hey, designer, it's you're, the, you're Yo, the man. You already know what time it is. Yo, you already know what time it is, man. I got to get comfortable, man. So you think I'm talking about here with a T-shirt, man. I'm definitely going to feel like free, man. Love it. Well, have a great Thanksgiving and a great yeah, holiday great season. Best of luck. And we're gonna, I'm going to enter the contest oh, soon. Just look out on Instagram I'm, for my tweaking performance or twerking performance. Sorry. All right. Make sure everybody turn up. Overseas is out now, man. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Turn up. Don't get fat. Lose weight. You know how we do it. Panda, panda, panda. Panda, panda, panda. You do. Uh, all right, man. All day, bro. Peace. All right, baby. Be all good. Right. Safe flight. Take care, y'all too, bro. Take care. Bale Street. So, guys, uh, both John and Ira, you both have had not, well, Ira, you didn't have a direct interaction with Whitey Bulger, except that you know the system and what potentially happened there. But, John, you wrote a book on Whitey Bulger. Yeah, because when I, when I was at America's Most Wanted, we went around the world with the FBI looking for Whitey Bulger. I mean, London, Italy. Of course, he was sitting uh, in, in, a, in a retirement community <laughs> in California the whole time. Your tax dollars well at work. Uh, but yeah, and for our book, actually, Whitey wrote us a letter as well that we included in the book trying to justify some of his actions and, and why he did it. And, and as probably most of the audience now knows— well, well. I mean, I don't mean to cut you short, but obviously you're going to say most of the audience knows that he's he's been killed. But the idea that he was justifying it might be the reason why he's actually deceased now, because he wanted to be in mainstream population because he didn't believe that he was a rat. Absolutely. To the day he died, right. he did not believe he was a rat. 100%. He did not believe that he broke any rules of the streets. And he believed he had carte blanche from the government to do whatever he wanted, kill people, above maim people, steal people. He actually thought not only above the law, he thought it was the law. He thought that there was an agreement between himself and the government that he would be protected no matter what he did. Absolutely. And and clearly, so that's, you know, so that's what he thought until the end. But as you mentioned, yeah, I mean, you know, and some people would call it justice, the fact that he was moved into a federal facility that everybody in the country knows is one of the least protected facilities, one of the most dangerous facilities in the country, and that's where he was put. You can't you can't hurt DiCaprio and get away with it. Basically, is what I think would happen. <laughs> but Ira, so what 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 happened in that in the prison? Give me the what you well, think. Well, I mean, listen, what they're alleging there happened, and what actually took place are two different things. You know, uh, obviously, Whitey was moved out of uh, I think Arizona originally mm-hmm. because. 
there was you know rumors, strong rumors, that he had threatened a prison guard's family. Uh, uh, that was giving him a tough time inside. And, you know, uh, Whitey obviously being 89 years old and, you know, thinking that he still has ties out there and, you know, people would think the same thing about, you know, what's going on right now in, in, with El Chapo over here in, in, in the Eastern District where people are afraid to sit on the jury because he might have ties out there and no one wants to be on the jury there. But, you know, he got into uh, that West Virginia prison and within a couple hours, you know, they, they cut his tongue out, um, which is obviously for being a rat and obviously, you know, some other different things. And they went to work on him with a a uh, couple different locks that were purchased over at the commissary area, and those are, those are the locks that my kids use to lock up their stuff, their book bags in school. Yeah. What, was, what was first, the tongue or the locks? I would assume the locks first, and then obviously when he was probably uh, half dead, they cut his tongue out, yeah. which will probably be sold on Amazon soon. Right. And, and Whitey was in a wheelchair, Yeah. and not only is this facility known for being vastly understaffed. Understaffed. I would venture to say that the staff that was on duty that night probably might have been, lunch or might have been on a coffee break yeah. or a smoke changing break. Changing tours. They could have been changing tours at that time. Yeah, because there's no love lost for, for Whitey. But look, that facility's a mess. You put a guy who you know is uh, a risk in terms of something happening to him or potentially him and, doing something to somebody. And the status now of these alleged people that might have been involved in this murder uh, is going to go pretty high and skyrocket inside there uh, in that facility. So, Ira, question for you. Sure, go. So part of your business is you do prison consulting, or you, yes. know, you know prison consultants. So if Whitey had called you or you had gotten hold of his lawyer, do you think you, anything would have changed? I would have, have said, uh, uh-uh, wrong number, wrong number. I can't, I can't do anything for you. Uh, I just you. Wanna, you, so, you, so you will draw the line at some point. I, I, I Listen, I, I don't deal with people that are informants. I just Alleged informant. No, no, he was an oh, informant. So he came out. Oh, okay. Yeah, he came out of the closet a long time ago as being informant. And the funny thing is, is there's rumors that he had money stashed all over the world. He did. That's true. And, you know, somebody out there right now could be going on some sort of a treasure hunt to see where he John, was John, your next show. Well, his wife, yeah. Yeah, we get I mean, Geraldo Rivera open up the vault. It might be there. <laughs> his common-law wife, yes. uh, or girlfriend, I guess we'll call her, uh, you know, she will get out soon. Yes. And she... Must know where the money is. I will be putting an ankle bracelet GPS tracking <laughs> system on her to see where she's going because my kids are going to college. Yeah, all right. Good. So well, that's Whitey. So Whitey is gone. And the investigation continues. But like you said, Ira, I mean, these guys have nothing to lose. So they'll get charged with murder again. Uh, and they'll stay probably in the same facility. And maybe they'll get put in solitary for a little while. But they'll be protected for life in there for oh, doing this. Not even protected for life. They, I mean, those those alleged people who are involved will basically be walking through that system and be praised because you could do a lot of things. You could do a lot of things, okay? But in prison, you cannot obviously be a child molester and you cannot be a rat. Do you think they kept the tongue as a— I hope so. Okay. I hope so. I hope it's, uh, you know, displayed at, uh, you know, right. during a, <laughs> a visit. Bale Street. For more content, please subscribe and follow Bale Street on Instagram and YouTube. Search Bale Street. That's just one word. Bale Street. What I would like to talk about a little bit is what's going on right now with this RFK Foundation. Now, I don't know too What do you explain to people what it is? It, well, it's a found, there's different foundations going on. Uh, this is a prison reform. Issue. Actually, it's not. It's a bail reform. Sorry, it's bail a bail reform. reform. Okay. Uh, there's different foundations out there um, talking about um, emptying out the jails for the uh, 
uh, low-level crimes and obviously for children and for, for, for women and so forth and so on. There's different foundations out there trying to help get people out of prison that are the indigent that can't afford bail. And obviously being a bail bondsman, a commercial bail bondsman, I have a, 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 you know, a stake in the game. I, you know, I have a dog in the fight here. But I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I do believe that low-level crimes – people should not be incarcerated on and you know the the system sometimes people get lost in the system and but it, the rfk foundation what's going on out there right now is they're they're bailing out females and they're bailing out people and we're not really privy to who they're bailing out but they're they're not showing up they're not showing up to court and not only are they not showing up to court um there, there's no accountability and there's no skin in the game here so now it's costing taxpayers money to go find these people that have jumped bail and more than anything, they don't even have a system set up in place to to go out and, and find these people when they do jump bail. So now it's costing, as I said, taxpayers money. So uh, somebody that could be out there looking and doing something else is now on the Warren squad looking for someone to jump bail that the RFK Foundation basically you know bailed out. And there's no accountability in the game. How did here. they sign off on this RFK Foundation well, if they knew there was a, no accountability? There's been a foundations out there that are trying to you know get people, you know the people that are incarcerated, try to help them and get out of jail but you know with, with with a bail bondsman like myself okay when someone comes in to do a bail bond number one we we mostly have family members or very close friends that are signing for this bail so there's skin in the game there a lot of times they're putting up collateral whether it be cash collateral jewelry or a lot of times real estate so it gives the person that is being bailed out okay they have to understand if god forbid something goes bad they are going to cost their loved ones either money or their property with the RFK Foundation that's gone out there, there's no if if Danny, let me ask you a question. So it's not ROR; it's it's a cash bill that they're paying right. on behalf of them. Right. So, okay. so let, let's let's let, all of a sudden tomorrow you're sitting out there and you got a twenty five thousand dollar bail, and the foundation comes and bails you out. But that hasn't been the number that they're using. They it's used a fifty thousand dollar bail on a woman. She didn't show up in court. Okay. And why should she? She doesn't. She doesn't care about the foundation. Here's a woman that probably thinks that the world's against her. She's a victim, and she feels, "Hey, I grew up in this society. I've have to fight and scrap and to, to eat and live and survive. What do I owe this foundation? I'm. You know, what's the big deal? So they'll hit me with bail jumping charges, which will run concurrent. But with a bail bondsman, we are a conduit to the court." We're making sure that the court understands that we're responsible and that we have accountability to them and that we're going to make sure that they come back to court because we have a stake in the game. We have a dog in the fight. And this is what's going on out there. And it's now you don't even know what they're doing, too. And that's another thing I, I spoke to some people about in, in the courts. And they said, well, wait a second. They're out, on, they're out on bail with the foundation. Are they checking in with the foundation? No, there's no check-in system with the foundation. Are they and, and what are they doing? Are they committing more crimes? Well, one of the warrants guys said, well, listen, I'm not really going to go look for this person. I'll just wait for them to do something else and go get them. So that's another crime being committed. We're with the bondsmen. We're keeping tabs on them. We're finding out where they are. We're making sure they check in. We're calling their loved ones to say, hey, man, you're at stake here. You're becoming our bounty hunters. You got to make sure they show back up in court. So that's what's going on out there. It's been in the thing. New York Post is killing the foundation. The Daily News is killing the foundations. And and, you know, this basically is why when you talk about bail reform, you got to have things in place here. You got to have bondsmen in place. You got to make sure they are basically the conduit to the court. They're making sure they do show up. Now, I do believe the low level crimes, let's talk about these things. I, I, I mentioned this before. We're not privy to what judges are privy to. So when the judge basically sets a $500,000 bail, 
Someone says, why are you doing that, Judge? You know, what's going on? And, you know, why don't you just RR them? Well, you look at their rap sheet, and we've given them mm. 10 chances to show back up in court. It's odd that there would be a $50,000 bail. I thought the whole point of this RFK was really for low level. There's no – 50000 is not a low level no, not crime at all. that was committed. not at all. And if you yeah. look at what the Post wrote about it, she didn't show back up. And there was a 5000 didn't show back up. And a 2500 it starts adding up. So what do they care? Okay, let's just go through the three, four, five million dollars that you know we, we, we funded for this program until it ends. And then what? We're emptying out the jails. We're putting people back on the street. And there's no accountability. Bad game. setup. I agree. That so, doesn't make sense. I wanted to talk about that Good. and, and uh, you know how it's bothersome to me, not just as a business decision, because obviously I want people to understand I am a bail bondsman. And I'm sure there's some success stories. There will be one or two people course, that, that end but, up getting- yeah. But with a bail bondsman, if we yeah. do 100 bails, the national rate is, is probably about 4 to 5%. Yeah. With me, it's about 1%. Okay? Right. With the foundation, you don't know how- Right away, the, they've already sold. Four people did not show back up. I mean, that's not very good if they bailed out 25 people. That, that's not a good rate right there. You're a math guy, Dan. You tell yeah, me what the numbers are. not good. That'll wrap it up for this episode of Bail Street. You can subscribe to our podcast at bailstreet.com or any other service that you use to download podcasts. We'll see you next time on Bail Street. I'm Danny Moses. I'm Ira Jettleson. Bail Street.